0: What's up, friends? Before we hop into the show, got to tell you about our friends, Mike and Virginia Chevalier over at Chevalier Mortgage. Mike and Virginia Chevalier are not only diehard Broncos fans and proud CSU alums, but they have supported DNVR for a long time as DNVR members. They're a husband-wife team with over 15 years of financial services experiences. Visit them at dnvrmortgage.com and enter to win a free DNVR shirt or hat of your choice when you do. And most importantly, get set up with a free consultation to discuss all of your options. That That's dnvrmortgage.com. And if you see interest rates are as good as they are, well, make sure to call Virginia at 303-257-6578 because interest rates are that good. And Mike Virginia will take a look at your entire financial picture to tell you whether if refinancing is right or not. And since your home is likely to be one of your largest assets and your mortgage, your largest debt, they believe it is vital to consider your full financial picture when purchasing a home. This includes considering your short-term and long-term planning goals your investments and your tax situation mike and virginia will work tirelessly to find the best loan for your situation so visit them at dnvrmortgage.com and enter to win a free dnvr shirt or hat when you do and most importantly get set up with that free consultation to discuss all of your options that's chevalier mortgage michael chevalier nmls 1931006 virginia chevalier nmls 1910631 all right mace let's hop into the show bar Into the DNVR Broncos podcast on this terrific Thursday. I'm your host, Zach Stevens, joined by my main man Andrew Mason. And before we hop into the last pod of 2020, gotta tell you guys about our presenting sponsor, MSU Denver Online. Guys, in just a couple of weeks, MSU Denver Online spring semester starts on January 19th, and there's still time. For you to sign up for classes and boy was this year something else and the best thing to protect against economic downturn is an education and you can get that at msu denver online they will help you adapt into so many different careers and it will help you hit the ground running once you take classes at msu denver online you will be ready to enter the field that you take classes for so go build your toolbox over at msu denver online my boy mace happy last day of 2020 boy i think everyone's ready for 2021 to be here
1: muted. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's a, <laughs> what a way to end the year. You
0: know. <laughs> very fitting. <laughs>
1: yeah. 2021 is not going to feel a lot different than tw- early on than 2020. I you know, I'm going to be the Debbie Downer here. The <laughs> end of realist. the year it, it's very arbi- yeah, it's very arbitrary. It's just cuz arc we have a calendar that says you know, today is december 31st today is the end of the year the old uh, uh, julian calendar yeah i always thought that the calendars based around the lunar cycles made a lot more sense or better yet a calendar that's based around uh, uh, the solstice so you'd say for so actually if we did that zach for the, the end of the year would be the shortest day of the year right and then it And and then it or and then and then it goes and then it goes from there or the end of the year is is actually the first day of summer, because that's when the days start getting shorter and then they come back around and go longer. So, I mean, I don't know. (laughs) I've always thought that that the end point of this year of the year is kind of an arbitrary designation.
0: Oh, it, it absolutely is. Yes. So are, are you telling me you're not going to be celebrating?
1: Uh, I may raise a toast at midnight to the fact that 2020 is over. Um, <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah. The other thing that makes it not feel like the end of the year is we have three more days left in the season. That's, right. uh, that's, that's another kind of weird thing. When you're on the football calendar, then the end of the year is the end of the sea is the end of the season yeah of course if you're on a scouts count a football scouts calendar the end of the year is the is a draft and that's usually why you see a lot of changes in personnel departments after the draft because that's the end of their season and for coaches the end of the season of course is the end of the regular season or the playoffs if you have that sort of run so yeah i've always i've always thought that december 31st and when it happens kind of arbitrary (laughs)
0: Well, it definitely is. And Mace, yesterday, holy cow, did we have quite the press conference with Melvin Gordon. And one thing that you got to say to Melvin is he was honest about what's going on with the Broncos, specifically with Drew Locke. Mace, yesterday, Melvin Gordon had a lot to say on Locke. But one of the things that popped out the most was he said Locke is the piece that's going to make or break us. Now, I think we kind of all agree with that. That's kind of been our sentiment and what we've been saying this entire year. And, and we'll be saying this entire off season. Look, I mean, we, we've said it already Mace of the Broncos have everything that they need on offense. They're not going to go out and spend big and free agency on the offensive side. They're not going to use a high draft pick on the offensive position outside of quarterback. And John Elway has to decide if he needs to do that or if Drew Locke is the guy. So we, we have been saying that for a while. But for that to come from inside the building is a pretty bold statement.
1: Well, it's a bold statement, but it's an accurate one. And especially when you look at the, the talent the Broncos collected on the offensive side, including what they'll get back. Uh, this coming off season when Cortland Sutton returns to health, when Jawan James opts back in after opting out for 2020, the, it's a team that on paper, that offense should be effective. Now I know there's going to be some, you know, who say, Oh, well, you know, Pack Shermer is a key as well. And he is a, he he's, he's dragged down the offense, but ultimately it is going to come down to the quarterback and, You can also say this if if the team is healthy next year, or even 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 fading that if you look at if you look at the team right now on on the offensive side, and you say okay, where are the low performers over the course of the season at the position, you know there's you could say that wide receiver, at least when Jerry Judy is dropping passes, that's a relatively low performing spot. You could say that center because Lloyd Cushenberry is coming along and he's done better in the last several weeks, but still struggled early. That was a relatively low performing spot, right? Tackle for chunks of the year. Uh, not when Damar Dotson was in there, but for other chunks of the year, that was a low performing spot and then quarterback and quarterback is the one that's obviously going to have the most, most impact on that. So, I can see why I can see why he would say that he also did turn it into being confident in drew lock though. And he, he did try to kind of uh, affirm drew lock and discuss the positives that he has had in terms of his growth as a leader, his growth in his presence in the huddle, that sort of thing. But still, yeah, QB is going to make or break you. And uh, as long as you've got a quarterback who's sitting there anywhere from 28th to 36th in league wide metrics, that'll break you.
0: Right. Exactly. And Macy, he had more to say on Drew Locke. He was asked, you know, being with Philip Rivers for so many years, how would you compare Drew Locke uh, with with a veteran quarterback at the end of his first year? And I'm just going to take a part of his answer here. He said, Drew still has a lot to to learn. I think throwing the football wise, just going out there and being a playmaker, I think he definitely has what it takes. I think he has to just believe more in himself and he can do it and that he belongs here. I feel he feels that way, but he just got to walk the walk and talk the talk. It's got to be that swagger that's on him. Like, I belong here. I think once he gets that little swagger to him, I think the sky's the limit for the kid. He's going to be a good player. I see him every day throwing the football i think he got what it takes i know he's got what it takes i think right now it's just the mental part of it that sets him apart two things hmm. in there and then later mace uh i believe you asked him uh he was talking about you know what again what what drew still needs to learn And he he, he pointed to his head and said uh said it's it's up there is the final step for him and that's, again, very brutally honest from Melvin Gordon, uh, you know, saying that the quarterback still has to get it up up in the head. Um, and uh, the other thing was the confidence part, Mace. I didn't everyone think Drew Locke was very confident, did have that swagger, but maybe his teammates don't think that.
1: Maybe overconfident. The other thing, he said something interesting about about, about Drew Locke's personality and saying that that he's had to kind of grow into being that guy, that leader uh, in the locker room and in the huddle, which it's sort of interesting. Now, it's not the first time we've heard a player say that Drew Locke could be kind of quiet at times. That's right. So, you know, I think you know maybe there's a there's an image of Drew Locke that maybe do, that doesn't mesh with the reality of what his teammates see in the locker room and in particular somebody like Melvin Gordon who has been around Philip Rivers so that illuminates his thinking a, a little bit here is the fact that you've had the experience of being around an unquestioned leader someone who could be in the hall of fame for his accomplishments as a quarterback in rivers and and Drew Locke, unfortunately, he isn't going to measure up to that right now because that's not, that's not who he is. At this time in Philip Rivers' career, he, was, he, he, hadn't, he had played very little because Drew Brees had been the guy. And so I think that sort of has to be taken into, into account here. But the, 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 the swagger thing is interesting. And I think it, what it shows is this. Maybe what guys in the locker room see as swagger is not what the public sees as swagger. You know, thing maybe when we see Drew doing a little dance and that sort of thing, the public may see that as swagger, but that may ring hollow with teammates.
0: Uh, that's a good point. So, Mace, with that swagger part, how important is that that his teammates think he has swagger and has confidence?
1: It's very important because if they're going to follow you, you've got to have you got to project an air of confidence if you don't then people then people aren't going to rally to you this is true in business this is true in politics this is true in any facet of life it's probably hyper true in football but if you don't have that no one's going to get behind you and the other thing you mentioned him pointing to his head the mental part well that is simply i think starts with good decisions on the field yeah and for example throwing as he did in the first quarter in the red zone on third down last Sunday, that's the kind of thing that is not a good decision. That is not good up there. So it's, it, it's basically acknowledging that drew has got to figure out uh, the mental side of it and, and make better choices. And uh, that would lead to fewer turnovers because uh, something uh, that we we've touched on time and again, uh, but if you're looking for a number that reflects what sunk this team. It's sitting there with more turnovers than anybody else and a worse turnover margin than anybody else. And most of that is on drew, unfortunately, at least on the offensive side.
0: Yeah, no, you're hundred percent right. When you're the quarterback, that, that is what it comes down to Mace. Uh, And that's why I think this game Mace, that's why I disagree with you and Ryan about telling drew this week to just go out there, have fun, be himself. I typically would totally agree with that, but this week, Mace, I think I think there's a very the most important stat for Drew is that turnover stat, and that's important for every single quarterback, obviously. But it's extra important for Drew because of two things. The first, what have we heard Vic Fangio and Pat Shermer preach? for the past month about how this team has to get better with protecting the ball and taking the ball away. I mean, even at Donna preaching that on the defensive side about how they need to get more takeaways. That is priority number one for this team. And it has been for, you know, it's been priority number one for at least this past month and it's being preached all the time. Uh, And so drew needs to listen to that and follow that. And the second reason why it's so important Mace is Drew Locke has turned the ball over in every single game this year, after Week One. Week One was the only game this year that he had a clean game. The games where he hasn't thrown a pick, he's th- he's he's had a fumble that he's lost. The games that he hasn't had a fumble lost, well, he's thrown at least one interception. We know if he throws one interception this week, Mace, that he will lead the league in in in, in interceptions thrown by himself he already leads it right now but he's tied with Carson Woods he'll be the sole owner of that if he throws an interception that's why I just think man Drew you know have fun if you can but the most important thing don't turn the ball over
1: yeah but part of the reason why I say that is this is a relative a it's a relatively consequence free game and b you are trying to make an evaluation on to finish your evaluation on whether drew lock has competition and if he does to what degree that competition is is it uh is it a mariota if he's available is it a trubisky if he's available or is it somebody who's an older guy who is more of a a fringe player that you're not going to give a long-term contract to if they do well and that's the you know the andy dalton ryan fitzpatrick tyrod taylor uh, Nick Foles category on that those guys are all you know they're gonna they're all by the time it's to next year uh 10 not nine, 9 10 or more year players so I want a clear evaluation so I want Drew Locke to play as Drew as as Drew sees the game because good or bad I I don't I don't want a false positive in the parlance of Vic Fangio. I want this to really reflect what he is. And so that's why I'm telling him go out there. It's, you know, it's, it, it's a no lose situation because if you lose the game, so what you're picking higher. If you that lose a lot the of guys game, you
0: win the game. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
1: So go out there, uh, do your thing, play the, play the game as you, as you see it and let the chips fall where they may and, This and yes, this is part of the evaluation because if you if he goes it, because if you tell him to go out there and just you know and just have fun, what you're hoping he does is that he takes the lessons that he has learned over the last few weeks and applies them. That now some of the better decision making in general that we've seen, the willingness to kind of take what's there and move on, that it has it's starting to become ingrained. So you tell him to go out there and play and play his game. And you find out that him playing his game is taking the short dump off to Noah Fant and getting it to Melvin Gordon in the, in the flat and then making a judicious decision to go downfield. Then you realize, Oh, in the last several weeks, the back half of the season, we've really accomplished something because he is starting to see things differently.
0: Yeah. And, and that, that would be great. I just need to see if Drew Locke can play a game where he doesn't turn the ball over. Uh, And so that would be a huge thing for me if I'm John Elway and evaluating him is, okay, we've been asking to see progress from him. We've seen the big game against the Panthers. Now we need to see a game where he doesn't turn the ball over. And Mace, I totally understand where you're coming from here. I just think this week it is so important for Drew to play a clean game. And look, the last time he played the Raiders, Mace, it was anything but he had the most turnovers that he's ever had in his career, probably his entire football career, where he had four interceptions. And while the Raiders have changed defensive coordinators, their defense has been terrible. That's just another reason where if he comes out and throws two picks or has a fumble and a pick, Oh boy. That's going to be really tough. Cause you're at home and this Raiders defense Mason, their last six games when they've gone one and five has given up 34 points a game. They fired their defensive coordinator and they are hot garbage to, to be honest.
1: Yeah. They're hot garbage. Although against the Broncos last month, <laughs> they weren't, they certainly weren't. <laughs> I mean, they had more interceptions that day than they'd had in, uh, basically two thirds of a season. Oh, man. Do you know how many picks,
0: do you know how many picks they have on, on the season right now? As how a many?
1: Team? How I,
0: many? I, I don't I don't know. I
1: got to oh, I got to look that up. I'm I've, curious I've, if I've got it uh, right here. Let me just scroll down. The Las Vegas Raiders have 10 interceptions this year <laughs> and four of them came in that game. Oh, uh, that the 10 interceptions that puts them ahead of seven teams. Oh, boy. So amazing. Including the Broncos, by the way, who only have eight. It's not just that the Broncos give away the ball more than anybody else. And uh, they have two more giveaways than the 49ers. So if you're scoreboard watching, stat watching, there's a stat to watch. The Niners have 30 giveaways. The Broncos have 32. The Broncos are sitting here right now with only 12 takeaways this year. That's the second fewest in the league. Only the Houston Texans have fewer with eight Takeaways.
0: Wow. Yeah. Not not good. Again. That's why Ed Donatel, Pat Shermer, Vic Fangio has just been preaching. Yeah. About the takeaways. And so, Mace, if Drew Lock comes out and throws two interceptions this week, then half of the Raiders' interceptions will have come against Drew Locke in two out of the sixteen <clears throat> games this year.
1: Yeah, that is something. And oh, by the way, uh, two interceptions would certainly seal the Broncos leading the league in interceptions thrown. Uh, They're almost certainly going to lead regardless because with 23 picks this year, the Broncos are five picks worse than the next worst team. That's the Philadelphia Eagles, who, of course, have changed from Carson Wentz to Jalen Hurts here. So unless Jalen Hurts just starts spraying the ball around, Broncos are going to lead the league in picks, but uh, boy, oh boy, you don't want that number to look uh, any worse. By the way, Zach, if we're just to kind of parse through uh, the number through turnovers, uh, the Broncos right now uh, with with the amount of give with the amount of giveaways they have here in the raw, it's it's actually not as bad as you would think. In part because turnovers have dropped over the years, the Broncos have 32 giveaways right now. Believe it or not, there are, there are 24 seasons in team history when they had more giveaways than that. Wow! But also turnovers are down and have gradually been dropping just kind of like pass efficiency has been gradually rising. But turnover margin, Zach, at minus 20, the Broncos are likely to have their worst season since 1961. That's when they had a minus 28 turnover margin. Uh, this year, minus 20. The next worst seasons in team history are minus 17, accomplished in 08, 2017, and in 1982, a season when there were only nine games. So really, that's kind of the worst season in turnover margin in, in Broncos history, even though there were only only those nine games that year because of the strike. But still, in the aggregate, the second worst turnover, the second worst turnover margin in franchise history, the worst since. 1961. And that, above all, if you're looking for a statistical, a statistic that is the biggest predictive measure, it's always turnover margin. And there it is minus 20. <laughs> yep,
0: and Mace, I believe the Broncos are either the 4th or 5th worst team in terms of point differential, uh being like minus 140 or something like that. Uh yeah. it's it's bottom of the league. So you add those two together, it's actually very impressive, Mace, that the Broncos only have the 10th pick right now.
1: Yeah, well, it tells you that there are some really really bad teams out there. But it also tells you that uh when the team does play clean football, it can accomplish some good things. And it tells you that, and it's part of why I think Melvin Gordon says that drew lock will make or break him, because most of those turnovers are on drew lock. Now that being said, the takeaways on defense can't be ignored. If the Broncos don't have a takeaway on Sunday, they will have fewer takeaways this year than any year in franchise history, including a bunch of years where there were 14 games. So, wow. And by the way, in that 1982 season that I referenced, where they're minus 17 in turnover margin, the Broncos still had 19 takeaways. Again, different era. It's harder to get takeaways now than it has been. And in fact, three of the four worst takeaway seasons, Zach, for the Broncos have been in the last four years. Again, turnovers uh, don't happen as often, so you have to factor that into account. But still, 12 takeaways Uh, That's unacceptable. If they have one takeaway, by the way, Zach, they'll be tied with 08 for the second worst season in team history. So there's a lot to it, but the bigger thing, the big thing is Drew Locke has to protect the ball better. But again, I want to see him turned loose. again to find out if what has happened in the last few weeks, if that is him just trying extra hard to follow what the coaches say, or if this is becoming instinct and ingrained. And if it is, Becoming ingrained. I think you've got a lot of hope for Drew lock getting things better, much better, I should say, next year in 20, in twenty twenty one.
0: Right. It, it, you're, you're exactly right, Mace. That's why this game is so big for Drew Lock. What can he go out and show? Can he end on a positive note, or is he just going to continue to add to all of the negative numbers? Because like we've said, John Elway can, can pretty much take any stat he wants and twist it in a way of either being against Drew Locke after the season or being for Drew Locke. I think in this game, and something that we've all said, Mace, is that Drew Locke can't really win the starting week 1 job next year in this game but he could do some damage to it and mm-hmm. we've all said that
1: this week why do you think that's the case well i think it's because if you if he has an outstanding game like let's say he has a game close to what he did against carolina a few weeks ago then It's being written off a little bit as, oh, meaningless game, blah, blah, blah. Uh, He's now had his three biggest games when the season was hopelessly out of reach, when the team wasn't going anywhere. So I think that's got something to do with it.
0: Okay. That that's fair. Uh, and I just think because there's been two, there, there's been more bad games than good games. It would be hard for just one game to really earn him the starting job with how much he struggled this year. And I think that the, a bad game from him could really hurt him. It, it could have John Elway say, Okay. Well, there's only a handful of games that we've liked and I can't have this sour taste in my mouth all off season. I've got to go make a big move. So I think we're on the same page there. So Mace, I got to ask, how does this game unfold? Let's do our picks this week. And before we get to the Broncos pick, let's hit the other game in the AFC West. The Chargers going into Kansas City. The Chargers are three and a half point favorites with Patrick Mahomes sitting this game out.
1: Yeah. Chiefs basically going for the double bye here, as it were, and because they're going to get the number one seed. They're going to be the only AFC team in the postseason that has a bye. And so uh, you're going to have basically two weeks off for Patrick Mahomes and some key components. And that's why I've got to go with the Chargers in this game. Home field advantage this year non-existent and uh, that will continue uh, early into 2021 as we get into postseason even though the Chiefs will have 16,000 fans I don't think it'll be enough to really have a huge uh, a huge impact on the ability of the Chargers to run their game plan I think the Chargers do have some confidence and you have to look at the Chiefs if they're resting Mahomes and others you have to look at the Chiefs as a, a lower tier team effectively in this game so The chargers have beaten lower tier teams in recent weeks. They've beaten the slumping Raiders. They beat the Falcons. They of course beat the Broncos last week. I think they do it again. I've got the chargers in this one.
0: Yeah, Mace I'm going with the chargers as well. Really the three and a half doesn't matter. Uh, Justin Herbert's going to want to end the season on a high note. So is Anthony Lynn. I think he's coaching for a lot in this game as well. Uh, And a chargers win Mace would guarantee the Broncos finish fourth in the AFC West, the bottom team in the division. Of course, that's a really tough pill to swallow, but – that means you get to play the one and 14 Jacksonville Jaguars next year, although they will have Trevor Lawrence, but that'll be cool to see Trevor and the two and 13 New York jets should be easier than playing the Texans and the Patriots is who they would draw with the third, if they were to get the third seed. So Mace, let's go to the Broncos game, Two thirty kickoff in Denver Raiders, two point favorites coming into Denver. Who do you like?
1: Oh. Well, it's a must-lose game for the Broncos. <laughs> but boy, the Raiders do not look good right now. No. Don't look like, don't look confident at all. No. Um It's a must-lose game for the Broncos and I think they're going to win. I think they're going <laughs> to win 27 to 20.
0: Yeah, I uh, I feel the exact same way, Mace. This is a must lose game, and the Broncos are gonna pull it off. And there's two two things that are pulling at me on how to decide on this game, Mace. The first thing is just how bad the Raiders beat down the Broncos. That's hard for me to get out of my mind. But I also can't ignore the Raiders are one in five in their last six games they have totally fallen apart so that's the one i'm going to roll with and i'm going to say broncos 28 raiders 27 a one point victory for the broncos to finish this season six and ten instead of five and eleven and if the broncos win and the Chargers lose, then the Broncos will finish third in the AFC West. If the Chargers win, then it doesn't matter what the Broncos do. If the Broncos lose, it doesn't matter what the Chargers do. So that is what is on the line this weekend.
1: Well, yeah, the draft position is going to be on the line uh, no matter what, but the scheduling will look a little bit easier, presumably if the Chargers win, because then you are staring down a 2021 schedule that would have the jets that would have the Jaguars that will also have the loser between Minnesota and Detroit, because of course uh, based, the 17th game is going to be based on division placement against somebody from the opposite conference next year. The Broncos are pa- and the AFC West are paired against the NFC North So we don't yet know if it's going to be a home game or road game, but we know that it would be the the loser of Vikings lions. If the Broncos finish in fourth place. So uh, let's kind of parse that out. Zach, if you're looking at the jets, Jaguars and lions and the lions decide to move on from Matthew Stafford, there's a chance that you could be looking at three games against rookie quarterbacks. Hmm. And one thing that we've seen from Vic Fangio's defense this year, with the exception of kind of that first first half or so against Justin Herbert and the Chargers back on November the 1st, is that they've done a pretty good job containing rookie quarterbacks. So that would be something that could be a huge advantage for the Broncos if they look at a schedule with a bunch of rookie signal callers uh, out there. It would be one thing that needs to fall into place for a turnaround in 2021.
0: Yeah, that 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 would help. And, you know, of course, when you say Matthew Stafford, I think, oh, my gosh, he's going to be in Denver (laughs) if they decide Mm, to move on from him.
1: (laughs) Not necessarily, because there are going to be multiple suitors for Matthew Stafford. And uh, uh, one that I would expect to charge hard for Stafford is uh, the, the New England Patriots, who, you know, they're they're. In a little bit of a similar situation as the Broncos, now their strength of schedule isn't where the Broncos is. They're at five thirty-three. The Broncos are at five sixty-seven. But still, New England is in a position here where if they lose to the Jets, they could move into the top ten. But if they beat the Jets, they could be picking. Uh, they could be picking sixteenth. So th- it, there's a lot on the line for them. The Broncos. But the, the Broncos in a situation, of course, where they could pick as low as, I believe, fifteenth. Hmm. Yep. And exactly. As high, and as high as fifth. Yep. Exactly. So uh, there's a lot on the line. That now, that being said, there's such a miraculous set of circumstances required for the Broncos to pick fifth that I think you can rule that out. But with a loss realistically the Broncos have a decent chance to be picking eighth. Right.
0: Yep. Yep. And Mace, I'll have an article up later today, just on exactly what draft position the Broncos will have, depending on what, what happens. So you can kind of follow that this weekend, I guess, just on Sunday, since all the games are on Sunday this week, you can follow that to find out exactly where the Broncos will land. But yeah, it's pretty crazy with only one game left Mace Broncos could be five or the Broncos could be 15.
1: Mm-hmm. Or and anywhere in between. Boy, oh boy, you look back and uh, you say, man, if Carolina had finished the job, if they'd finish, if the Panthers had finished the comeback and beaten the Broncos in Charlotte a few weeks back, right now, Zach, the Broncos would be picking fifth. Wow.
0: <laughs> wow, that's something else. With,
1: with a chance to go to three.
0: Yeah, (laughs) yeah, a a good shot to go to three. That is, that's
1: crazy. And man, Mason, that one game, that one, or I mean, you you can just go through any of it. If if uh, if you if you if you if you you blow it against the Panthers, or if let's say that there's no flag against the Chargers, that gives you one last chance to win that game. I mean, uh, we're having different conversations about the coaching staff here. I think is the other thing. Let me make that clear. If you're three and 12, rather than five and 10, three and 12 would mean third pick. Yep. (laughs) And maybe, and maybe even the second pick if the jets won on Sunday and you lost. Holy cow. (laughs) Oh boy. It's a, but then again, came close to beating the, the Titans. Um, came close to beating the chargers right uh, this past sunday and so if you give the broncos uh, those two games right now they'd be picking 16th
0: (laughs) that is that is something else and you know what in in one week from now i think everyone doesn't want to be talking about the 15th pick they'd rather be talking about a top Mm. 10 pick
1: yeah and and i know that there are people who are going to say oh you need to have a winning culture blah 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 What did that four and one finish get you last year?
0: Exactly. No, the the winning culture is something the Broncos have tried Mason. It has not
1: worked. Yeah. This, uh, you know, what, what did winning those couple of games at the end of, uh, of 2017 get you? Because they had that little modest two game winning streak against the Jets and Colts that got them to to five and nine. Then they finished five and 11. Well, uh, finishing out that season um, with a 12 game losing streak would have been painful, but, A lot of things might happen. For one thing, they might not have run it back with Vance Joseph in in 2018. They might have used that moment to kind of push the button. And maybe then Mike Shanahan is the coach. Maybe Mike Shanahan is then acquiring a quarterback. Of course, then again, it had to be the right quarterback because John Elway loves Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold has not proven to be the right guy at this point. Uh, So it's not like the Broncos would necessarily got Josh Allen either.
0: Right, right. I mean, maybe Kirk's so, cousins. It's it's crazy to go down that hole. <laughs> oh man! But what's not crazy and what's a fun hole to go down is checking out our Colorado rugby coverage over at thednvr.com. And of course, it's not just Colorado rugby coverage that we have. We've got American rugby coverage because, of course, Infinity Park in Glendale, right in our backyard, is the new official training center for men's and women's USA Eagles 15 teams, making Colorado the place for rugby in the entire United States. And our reporter Colton Strickler does a great job keeping you up to date on all things American rugby with our DNVR rugby podcast. You can find that anywhere that podcasts are available. Just search for DNVR rugby. And of course on Twitter at DNVR rugby. And of course at the DNVR.com where he has great articles, breaking down everything that's going on uh, on the field and off the field as well. So make sure to check us out at DNVR rugby podcast and on Twitter, DanVR DNVR Rugby and, of course, the DNVR.com.
1: You know, before that spot, Zach, I was thinking, boy, we're talking about holes, and that would have been a, a really good transition to a WGT spot. But we'll get to that later. Let's talk about Breckenridge Brewery right now. Of course, Breck Brewer is the official beer of DNVR. And right now, your kids are bouncing off the walls. It's cold. You're looking for things to do. A lot is shut down. You can't really go out to dinner or anything like that. Well, check out what our friends over at Breckenridge Brewery have set up at the farm, outside the farmhouse, which of course their restaurant, their brewery down in Littleton, right off Santa Fe. They've got an ice rink that you can use outdoors. Three dollars to skate with your own skates. Six dollars for rent for skate rental. Also, a tubing hill that is free. So. Your rugrats are bouncing off the walls or trying to find something to do. Take them over to Breckenridge Brewery's facility over in Littleton. Let them tube, let them skate around. And by the way, you can have some of those delicious Breckenridge brews and some of the food from the farmhouse and a cozy outdoor setup. So kids have fun. Parents have fun. What more could you want? If you just want a meal from the farmhouse, no problem. Call 303 803-1380 from noon to 8 p.m. to pick up your meals use that magical code dmvr save five dollars off your meal of course you can also get any of those breckenridge those delicious breckenridge brews over there with your meal at the farmhouse and if you just want to get some brews check out the 15 can sample for through drizzly or at plenty of spots around the area a lot of grocery stores costco etc breckenridge brewery the official beer of dmvr
0: All right, Mace, let's hop into the comment section and talk to the people. Oh, I'm pulling it up here. First one coming in from asking for a friend. It says, what about the season gives you hope and optimism for 2021? My friend already knows what is cause for the doubt. P.S. This doesn't necessarily have to include Drew Locke because he's basically uh, Schlongdinger's cat at this point. Uh, Mace, what's some optimism for 2021?
1: Well, I was about to mispronounce Schro- Schrodinger's Schrodinger's Schrodinger <laughs> Schrodinger's cat. So I
0: mispronounced it for us.
1: Yeah. So I was actually looking up the pronunciation while you were reading that to see if I could figure it out. But what gives me cause for optimism? Well, the potential for a for, for a fourth place schedule uh, helping you out for three of the games, getting getting guys back in general, getting Jawan James back at right tackle. And I know he's a pinata for Broncos fans, but he will stabilize the right tackle position, assuming that he can stay healthy. And Jawan James's career record is kind of on again, off again, on again, off again. So it would basically mean that next year he's going to be on. And if he plays well, you are looking at one of the best offensive lines in football. Getting Cortland Sutton back helps as well. And if you bring Von Miller back, getting him back in the lineup too. So just better health in general. That's what gives me reason for optimism. But uh, as AJ Smith said, 23 says in the response, he says two words Cortland Sutton, because at some point you're going to put so many targets out there Cortland Sutton, Noah Fant, Albert Oak Wabanom coming back from injury that. Uh, Jerry Judy, if he emerges, KJ Hamler, you get all those guys together, it can be pick your poison, especially if Judy and Hamler make second year leaps that guys often make in terms of the ability to catch the football with secure hands.
0: Yeah. And, and that, that's a great point. Mace also just the fact that when we talk about the offense, Mace, we're talking about one position that needs to be figured out. And if they figured out that position, whether it's with drew lock, whether it's in the draft, whether it's in free agency, then boy, what this offense can be. And then if that shift does start happening and you have Vic Fangio as your defensive head coach, you think he can do well enough with not having all the pressure on his defense.
1: The problem is that one position is like saying, uh, I'm going into to five guys and I've got everything I need, but hamburger patties.
0: <laughs> all right.
1: Uh, and the, the kitchen. We, we, Oh, we, we've got lettuce. We got tomato. We got the buns. We got, we got, we got all the condiments we need The the Coke machine is working great. Oh, but we have no patties.
0: <laughs> all right. Well, you better find patties. And if you yeah, do that,
1: that- <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's kind of the big thing. It is AJ, AJ Smith, 23 new subscriber alert. Been listening for a while and love the pod. Finally, jumped on board with a new sub for the new year. Well, welcome, AJ. Hey, Glad we to got have him. You. Yes, TLDR. And by the way, that, that's a strong start to you joining our family. Is
0: yes, it is a
1: TLDR. Uh, Hedge is a must have and always should have been, but drafting a QB in the first round is an absolute no-go based on the history of first-round quarterbacks compared with Drew Locke, keeping in mind that Drew Locke is not a first-round QB. He's ranked 14th in QBR of the 34 QBs drafted in the first round since 2010 and 22nd out of 34 in my own adjusted ranking scheme. Worth one more season before we give up on him and watch him flourish and win multiple Super Bowls for Bill Belichick, in my opinion. He was a project QB when he was drafted, and giving up on a project one year in is not the way to succeed.
0: And that's why Mace, the question here comes down to again, not was drew lock good enough this year? No, he wasn't. There's no arguing that do you see enough and have you seen enough progress this year, especially behind the scenes for the Broncos to think that he can be that guy moving forward. If you don't think so, then in my mind, it doesn't make sense wasting another year because you've seen enough behind the scenes and on the field. Then it is okay to move on. Just giving a guy a year to give him a year to me doesn't make sense. But if you've seen enough and you believe, then yeah, it absolutely makes sense. Don't don't care and don't be bothered by what you know we are saying, what fans are saying about him. If you think that he can take that next step and in, in many more steps, then you roll with him again.
1: Yeah, it's it's what do they believe? What do they see Drew Locke's ceiling as? Do they see it as somebody who can take him to the Super Bowl or have they seen enough to where they say, oh, his ceiling is is a mid-tier guy? I think that's kind of the big question here. If you see his ceiling as something really high, then you stick with him. But if you see his ceiling after a couple of years as being just kind of mid-tier then you start cultivating other options. I think that's, it's, it's based on your own internal evaluation of him. And, and one thing uh, that it, that, that uh, AJ Smith does mention is, you know, some of the possibilities of, uh, of guys that you could bring in as a hag. She suggests Ryan Fitzpatrick or Nick Foles. Me, I'm still more inclined to try to find that next Ryan Tannehill, that young, that, uh, uh, that five to seven year guy who has upside and has been kicked around a little bit. That's why if the Raiders can't hang on to him uh, for salary cap reasons, Mariota is intriguing. That's why Winston's intriguing. That's why Trubisky, if the bears made him available, even though I know people are going to shudder at that could be intriguing in the Broncos. But I do think in the end, when they bring in somebody, it may look more like the Andy Dalton, Ryan Fitzpatrick, uh, Nick Foles type, although I really don't want Nick Foles.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah i don't either unless you're in a super bowl or something
1: yeah the problem with nick Foles is he's the guy that you want in december but he's not the guy that you in high leverage games when you're trying to stay alive in the playoff race but he's not the guy that you want uh in september october and november count locula love to hear your breakdowns of fant and reisner's second seasons
0: I think Reisner definitely started off slow and I think he has progressed pretty well as the season's gone on ending the season strong and Fant I think he's had a very solid season all throughout the year when he's been given opportunities I think he's he's shown what type of player he can be and he's definitely been a different type of player Mace you have not seen him running down the seam catching balls 30 40 yards down the field he's been catching balls five to 10 yards downfield, turning it up and then getting 30 or 40 yards on his feet so really encouraged with with what I've seen from Fant all season and I like how Dalton's progressed recently.
1: What I found interesting looking at Noah Fant, I was surprised that his his uh longest gain of the year is only 37 yards. I thought he had a, a couple more longer catch and runs in there, not quite like the 75 yarder that he had in <laughs> in 2019, but longer than 37 we haven't really seen that. So, he's become more reliable, his drop rate has improved. I think all signs point to him uh, getting better and better. And yeah, I think you could be talking about Noah Fant in the next uh, 12 to 24 months being somebody who does nudge his way into that Travis, Kelsey, Darren Waller conversation. The other thing that I'm particularly heartened by with Noah Fant is he's really improved as a blocker. So he's looking like somebody that you can have out there on every down. He's, look, he's never going to be a road grader of a blocker, but he's holding his own. He's a willing blocker, which I think is one of the things the Broncos liked in him when they drafted him is that he would get in there and mix it up. Uh, Some guys don't want any part of that. Noah Fant is willing to get involved there. I think he's going to have a big year next year. I would like to actually see him have a nice explosive game, get 75 yards on Sunday. That would take him up to 700 for the season. Uh, give Give him seven receptions, 75 yards and a touchdown against the Raiders. And he has 700 yards on 65 receptions and four scores. And that is a very, very promising stat line. If he can achieve it,
0: especially because it's a step up from what he did last year. And of course last year was the best, uh, rookie tight end season for the Broncos ever. And it's with a Broncos quarterback situation that's been one of the worst in the league. So that's just so encouraging about what he's been able to do and really makes you believe that he can take that next big step next year as well. So we're right there, Mace. Next one coming in from Sound Guy. Let's talk Devontae Bosby. All season, the cutting of Bosby was portrayed as gross incompetence by the coaching staff. Then then huge. I told you so when he was re-signed. And when he finally gets his chance to be a full-time starter he's a liability and gets benched for a guy with no experience in vic's system was his performance on sunday an outlier or were the coaches right
1: all along uh i'm gonna personally take the the l on this one and say the coaches were proud were almost certainly right on Devonte bosby i mean the, the thing that just got you really frustrated was the missed tackles it's what got Vic Fangio Fangio frustrated and he's Vic has always said tackling is a non-negotiable well he missed three tackles and wasn't very and wasn't very physical uh it just it seemed with Bosby like he never got out of the funk that he got into in that Patriot game remember he played really well against the Jets when he came in earn more playing time on the other side of the uh, the pandemic caused early season by and then against the Patriots, when he had that opportunity flubbed it, that led to him being cut. And since he came back, just hasn't really been there. So yeah, the, the coaches, the coaches were right. They, they, they saw, they clearly saw the lack of physicality, the lack of tackling ability because when you have 26 tackling opportunities and you miss six of them so you're literally uh you're you're whiffing on about 30 percent of your tackle possibilities that's dreadful that is absolutely dreadful
0: Yeah, it is dreadful. And with Vic, we know that that's not going to fly ever. And, but Mace, I never really liked Devante Bosby because of his tackling ability. And I guess that's something that Vic just can't get over. And I understand that he's made it clear from day one that that's what he needs. So since he's not changing his standards, I can get behind that. But for me, I just liked him because he's a, he's a sticky corner. It seems like he's always on his guy for the most part. Uh, And so I, think the truth is somewhere in the middle. I think that Devonte Bosby is probably a back end of the roster type of corner, a guy that can come in relief. Uh, but if you want him to be that shutdown corner and not just shutdown, but also shut down when the run comes your way. Yeah. He, he's certainly not that I do think he's good enough to be on NFL
1: rosters though. So I think the truth is somewhere in between there for sure. Well, what's interesting, Zach is, um, I was thinking about this with ball Bo- with Bosby. He shouldn't be covering a number one receiver, right? And yet, you've got times against the Bills where he's out there against Stefan Diggs out of necessity. So, I think part of it also with Bosby is that he has been forced to bite off more than he can chew in terms of being an an NFL cornerback. So, if he's covering third and fourth receivers, he's got a fair shot. If he's covering wide receiver one, wide receiver two. It's, it's not going to, to work out for him. The other thing with, with tackling, just think about this. Michael OJ Mudia, he got benched because of poor tackling, right? Right. So OJ but before he got benched, according to the numbers compiled by Pro Football Focus, missed 13 of a possible 41 tackling opportunities. 13 out of 41. Since he came back into the lineup, he's only missed three of a possible twenty-seven tackling opportunities. So he's gotten wow. a lot better. He's gotten a lot better at that. And I guess uh, I don't think they have the same kind of aspirational hopes for Michael okoye because Bosby is, believe it or not, you know, six years into it, six seasons into his pro football journey, whereas Okoye-Mudia is a rookie. So I don't think we'll see Bosby back on the roster in twenty twenty-one.
0: Oh, I, I certainly don't think yeah. so. I mean, it wouldn't have been a surprise if he wasn't back this Sunday. So I agree with you yeah. there, mates And before we go any further, got to tell you about my favorite golf app of the past decade. And that is WGT golf. It's also the world's most popular golf game. And it's also DNVR's most popular Golf game and game period because it's the official gaming partner of DNVR. And guys, over at WGT, we've got nearly a 1,000 DNVR members playing, and we want you to join in on the fun. So how do you do that? Go to dnvrgolf.com to download WGT. It's free to download. Going to dnvrgolf.com to download it just lets WGT know that you want to play with us. Once you're in the free app, go to the Country Club section and search for DNVR Forge. Join the DNVR four, that's DNVR with the number four next to it, Country Club, and you will be in on our series of country clubs, get you access to all of the tournaments we do. And we've got some awesome ones coming up in 2021. And my favorite part about WGT is you can play for five minutes. You can play for two hours and it's so realistic. I love playing at St. Andrews, although those greens are real slippery and I love playing at Pebble beach with the ocean right there. So make sure to get in on it, join our country clubs. You have access to our tournaments and you can even play against some members in there. So make sure to check us out at
1: dnvrgolf.com. I want to tell you about hassle cattle company it's a it's a mouthful it's the it's the ass sound hassle cattle company equals a hassle free meat life that's right we brought you a damn good beer now we're delivering to you damn good beer. Beef. Hassle Cattle Company is the absolute best source for farm to table Wagyu beef in the country. Hassle Cattle Company is a fourth generation cattle farm from Texas. They ship all over the United States of America and straight to your door. They call their beef the blue collar Wagyu. Why? Because it's the best damn Wagyu that every man or woman can afford. Hassle Cattle Company offers Wagyu smoked sausage, New York strip, beef bacon, Wagyu Franks without any fillers. And two jerky flavors, original and sweet and spicy. Their hamburger won Food Network's Northeast Burger Jam. Not only do we love their beef, the country loves their beef. These guys take their registered bulls and breed them with Angus cows, giving you that very high prime product grown with zero antibiotics and hormones. So head to HassleCattleCompany.com. That's H-A-S-S-E-L-L, CattleCompany.com. Use that magical code, dnvr10 for 10% off your order. That's dnvr10 for 10% off any orders over $200. You get free shipping. Check them out, and we promise you you will not be disappointed. They ship their meat all over, even all over the world. Numerous NFL players order order the cattle from Hassle Cattle. They've get they just shipped 15,000 pounds of meat down to Peru. They've they've. They are the official steak of the World Food Championships that features uh, chefs from 45 states in 20 countries. It's a Super Bowl of food sports, and Hassel Cattle Company is holding the metaphorical Lombardi of beef. So make sure you check out Hassel Cattle Company, H-A-S-S-E-L-L, cattlecompany.com, and use that magical code DNVR10 for 10% off your order of steak, ground beef, jerky, smoked sausage, whatever you want. Blue collar uh, wagyu.
0: Love it, Mace. Next one coming in from Love Thunder Down Under. Well, when you read this, it'll be 2020 in Australia. So happy new year to y'all and happy new year to you, Love Thunder Down Under. Take us through your thoughts on this. Assume Broncos finish at 8 in draft order. Free agency: Save money by releasing or significantly restructuring Jarrell Casey, releasing Boyer, and renewing and restructuring Von Miller. Spend money by signing Justin Simmons for what, fifteen million? Yes. Sign Shelby Harris for what, eight million, at a minimum? I think. Uh, second round tender Philip Lindsey. Sign Alexander Johnson for what? Mace, what would a, a, a Alexander Johnson cost?
1: Mm, probably probably seven to 8 million a year. At least I, I was going to say eight. So we're right
0: on there. Uh, and second round tender, Tim Patrick and the draft get sir Tanner Farley with the first round pick in the second round, get a right tackle and third round go BPA. How do you feel about this? Is this possible? Thanks for the year lads. What a heck of a ride. I'm excited for 2021. There will be plenty of discussion on drew. We've got months to tackle it. Happy
1: new year's to you guys. Okay. So, are you bring anyone else in at quarterback? I think that's the the question here. If if you bring in a Matthew Stafford, you're blowing a lot of this up. And if you bring in an Andy Dalton, probably or Ryan Fitzpatrick or Nick Foles, you're probably looking at five to seven million dollars. So you're probably taking some of this off the table as well. I mean, for example, uh, if you do bring in that caliber of quarterback, you are probably having to release Krl Casey, not significantly restructure him and maybe you've got to think about uh what you do in terms of the tenders you may not be able to tender all three of those guys
0: right yeah tim patrick may be the the odd man out there or something like that mm-hmm. yeah so I, I think you're you're close but this just doesn't account for bringing anyone else in or filling out your roster but i i think you're you're pretty close there love thunder down under i like it
1: yep orange and blue aussie Says Mace, we finally got to see Trask without pits so we can evaluate. Then the rest of the team opted out too. Ugh. As hard to evaluate as Drew this year. Senior Bowl, I guess. How funny would it be if Jason Garrett comes with a game plan with to beat the Cowboys and eliminate them from the playoffs? Hope so for our draft position. We really enjoyed all you guys doing. Looking forward to a much better 2021. Also, great appreciation to all the members' comments. Great to think through what the team can do and ideas to make us great again. Go DNVR and go the Broncos just not this week
0: (laughs) spot on, man. Yeah. I mean, a league, a a league wide story this week has to be Jason Garrett going up against the Cowboys.
1: Yeah, that's, that's tremendous. I mean, it's all on the line right there. And as for Kyle Trask, I mean, basically I'll say this, I like to keep my mind open for what guys can do down at the senior bowl because Hey, you can go out there, you can show something different than you had before. And move your way up, but I can just say, I'm, I'm not really, I'm not really expecting Kyle Trask to, to tear up the world down there. I, I, and maybe he will. And if he does, I'll, I'll go back and rewatch what he did at Florida and uh, and see, okay, what did, what did I miss here? But I, I think you are talking about somebody who is kind of that day two type of quarterback, who should be on day two or day three. So, yeah, kind of, kind of meh. I'm actually more interested. I'm actually, after that game, I'm a little more interested in um, the other quarterbacks like Kellen Mond of Texas A&M and Jamie Newman, who would have played at Georgia this year after transferring from Wake Forest, but uh, sat out this year because of COVID. Uh, those guys, I think, have the ability to go up. Kyle Trask, wasn't a good night for him.
0: Yeah, no, it, it certainly wasn't. And if you want an SEC quarterback, go Mac Jones over Trask.
1: Yeah. Uh, he's, he's not eligible for it though. That's the problem. Oh, for the senior bowl. No, no yeah, but for the draft. Right. Yes, absolutely. If he, if he comes out, he may opt to go back to Alabama. I mean, I would one, love th- one thing that would be really interesting here is if you see someone like Mac Jones, who has loved being the court has loved being the quarterback at Alabama and has uh, done a, a really good, good job there this year. But if he said, if, if he says, man, I could come back to Alabama for one more year, actually get to play in front of a full house. Be interesting to think about, especially if Alabama doesn't win the title here in the next few weeks.
0: Yeah. I was going to say, especially if, uh, if Trevor Lawrence wins the Heisman or something, and now he's not going to have to play Trevor Lawrence or compete with him for the Heisman. Yeah. I mean, there, there's certainly a reason that he would do
1: that. Of course he may also look and say, Oh, I've got to go play this year without Devonte smith oh, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna walk away i'm gonna yeah. leave on a high
0: yeah or his his uh his grandpa may say i'm drafted you in the first round if you come out this year and that oh, may be enough well, for I think- him
1: well, I think we resolved that he's not he, it was my bad he is not Gary Jones's grandson but it's like oh it's, he's not it's fun okay uh, yes yeah, but it it's is. fun to think of it though
0: <laughs> next one coming in from free Philip Lindsay I'm sure you guys have had to do this before but can you explain how the tenders like second round tenders work a bit more i.e who's eligible when is it a new contract or an extension
1: okay well. The, these come into play for guys who have, uh, three, ha, have three accrued seasons in the league. And what happens is uh, it really comes into play particularly on undrafted guys because of undrafted players or guys that are drafted and got cut, which basically wipes out their, the original contract they signed, uh, but then you bring them back and they become year-to-year. Year. They become guys that you have on exclusive rights tenders, And then for the first couple of seasons, and then after the third year, they go into the restricted pile, which is a significant pay bump. Uh, For example, if you get a second round tender, then it's $3 million for that year. And they're actually all technically new contracts. They're not extensions. So they're all, they're all new contracts. The players are free agents, but you're giving them that tender that basically gives you the right to match. You get seven days to match. If you choose not to match, then you get compensation back in the form of whatever you tender to match. So a second-round tender means uh, if a team gives that player a contract, you got seven days to match it. And if not a second round pick comes back to you. And that's why for these guys, the, the whole original round thing is so interesting because they weren't drafted. So their original round is no compensation. CJ Anderson, a few years ago, the Broncos gave him an original round tender. The dolphins gave him an offer. The Broncos felt pressure to match it. And they did ultimately to keep him from going. But the mistake the Broncos made that year was not giving CJ Anderson a second round tender, giving him the original round tender and, it's something that I think still hovers over their decisions here as far as those players go, because they, they had to pay CJ Anderson, I think more than they wanted to. And they were boxed into that because they rolled the dice on the original, original round tender and the dice came up snake eyes.
0: Uh, Yeah. And that's why the Broncos with these, because there's not that much difference between them. You should always rule on on the side of caution and just not be willing or not be afraid to do the second round tender. Yep. Next one from the other Ryan, my boys, I'm not sure if there will be a podcast episode recorded on new year's day. So I'm wishing you each the DNVR family and the Broncos a much better year in 2021. Sunday's game against the Raiders is a success. If one, two and three transpire, have a terrific Thursday and safe new year's Eve DNV army salute. Okay.
1: Well, Sunday's game is a success. I I, am thinking not of the game. I'm thinking of the entire week. Okay. Mm. Sunday is a success. If the Broncos lose, and then if we're taking, and then at least two other teams that are, that have a four and ten one record or a five and 11 record lose. So those are my three things, Zach. I love it. The Bron- that. that and that alone would take the Broncos to eighth if only two of those things happen So let's just kind of say all right Broncos lose and then the uh, okay let's the Broncos lose the 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 Eagles upset the football team on Sunday night football and the Lions beat the Vikings there we go there, there you go you're picking eighth. Eight, the position the broncos have not picked
0: in the last couple of years uh, mace i'm gonna go with drew lock not turning the ball over the broncos losing with drew lock looking really good and then all five teams ahead of them in the draft lose <laughs> oh.
1: well then you're actually asking for seven things
0: <laughs> that would be an
1: ideal sunday that's for oh sure. <laughs> my gosh yes serious scoreboard watching by the way did you see that the Colts are not going to put scores of out of town out of town games up on their scoreboard
0: really to keep their players focused?
1: Yeah because they will not share the scores of playoff rivals during that game Wow
0: well I guess there's no fans in there so I guess it doesn't really matter for the fans' sake
1: Yeah although I do it makes me think of a time when um the Broncos were trying to clinch a division against the they were playing the Panthers. And uh, I was told by someone in the Panthers organization that somebody from the Broncos said, "Hey, uh, maybe do us a favor and not display that uh, Chiefs-Chargers game going on at the same time." Mm-hmm. That the Chargers came back to win, and uh, it turned out they came back to win. And the Panthers like, "Eh, no, it's our stadium. We'll display what we want."
0: <laughs> oh, wow,
1: I love it. Oh, Home field man. advantage,
0: baby. Exactly. And final one here, Mace, coming in from Super Bowl and the Broncos would be crazy to not tender Phil or resign Simmons, not to brag or anything. But Phil is having a crazy good season and the P.S. Madden League just got X factor this past week. Simmons got it three weeks ago, too. You can't be X factor in Madden and not be a gamer. And clearly Madden Leagues are just like the NFL. Everybody knows that. By the way, we are just a few slots away from being completely full. Would love to have a new face or two in the league. You can hit him up at, on Twitter at ZJ Castro or email him uh, at Zach, Z-A-C-H Castro, C-A-S-T-R-O at me.com. Let's get that PlayStation Madden League full. Oh, man, what a way to end the week, Mace. Happy New Year tonight. We will be off tomorrow and back with you right after the Broncos season finale against the Raiders. And so make sure to f- check us out on YouTube to get our live pod on that. But for now, that'll do it. And before we get out of here, gotta tell you about Green Mountain Dental because several of our DNVR family members have switched over to Green Mountain Denver or Dental over the years and have had nothing but great things to say, including that they treat you like family. Our sales director, Lindsay, had her wisdom teeth removed to Green Mountain Dental. And the dentist personally followed up with her a few days later to make sure she was doing okay. That is the family care that they provide over at Green Mountain Dental. And if you schedule a cleaning x-ray and exam, you'll receive a free Sonicare toothbrush when you do. So all you have to do is take care of your teeth, to get a free Sonicare toothbrush. So just make sure to check them out. They've been a longtime DNVR partner and they're big time Colorado sports fans. So that's a perfect way to get your teeth cleaned. And make sure to schedule that cleaning x-ray and exam. And you'll receive the free Sonicare toothbrush. Green mounted dental. Check them out. Well, Mace, that'll do it for us today. Thank you all so much for rolling with us this week. Thank you for rolling with us in this crazy 2020. And we'll be back with you for a much better year in 2021. Thank you guys so much. Have a fantastic week. Have a fantastic new year we'll talk to you on sunday